Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max wishes you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Hello and welcome everyone to Wrestling to the Max's Raw Review for December 25th, 2017. And yes, that's right. We are bringing you the gift of W2Mnet.com because that's where you can find us every single week that we do this show. And plus, you'll get the chance to go find all the other great podcasts over there, all the great wrestling podcasts, plus all the sports, video games, and entertainment shows that we have also there. You don't want to miss a minute of the action. Also, hey, if you just want to come and find us, Wrestling to the Max's the place you go hit that subscribe button review and also subscribe that gives us an opportunity to find out more about you and for other people to find out more about us and don't forget to go give us some big love to 411mania.com and lastworldonprowrestling.com both great sites to go check out so please do that when you get an opportunity of course i am here i am gary vaughn and along with me the birthday boy himself mr paul leaser hey yo and Paul, uh, yes, uh, this is a interesting raw we're going to get into, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. But of course, you know, doing a raw review on a holiday as Christmas, as we're doing tonight, mm-hmm. uh, is really interesting because we're going to have to talk a lot about the holiday, basically, because the whole show is sprinkled in with a lot of goofy, crazy stuff. But it also makes it kind of fun. I think sometimes you get a chance just to sit back and. Be entertained. It's not, you know, your your brain doesn't have to sit here and really focus on everything. You can kind of blow off a lot of it, but we'll get into it, right? This is an interesting show, definitely. It's very much a sort of sit and veg kind of show. Uh, you don't really have to be looking too deep into it because it's not a very deep episode. Uh, because fun fact, Gary, WWE did not want to do a Raw on Christmas Day, but USA made him. it is interesting i mean i know we're going to talk raw but you know we got into this and a lot of the families of the superstars and of course the guys themselves and gals themselves you know would rather be home would rather have a highlight package on this night and and really just kind of have a three-hour look back at 2017 but usa network had to have live content so here they are and you know you you got to give them credit for everything they did for all the people backstage and all the production they they really did a good job for what they were forced to do just trust me i would be just throwing winging it i'd be so pissed off myself that i had to work so you know i I give him credit for that you know for showing up and entertaining people on the night that maybe they're i'm sure the ratings may not have been the best because i'll be honest with you paul 
If it wasn't for the fact that we do this show, I may wait till Tuesday or Wednesday to watch Raw. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. And the people of Chicago showed up too. It looked like the house was pretty full, which is which is good uh, because I was expecting this to be sort of uh, oh god, we got to try to fix our production so we don't catch all the empty seats. But it looked pretty full. Yeah, it really did. You know, the the, the crowd reactions were pretty hot. I mean, honestly, I, I'm right there with you, man. I kept looking for those black curtains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really did. Uh, but, you know, they, they were lucky, and they probably planned this out the right way. They knew they needed to be in a hotbed of wrestling, and Chicago is definitely one of those. So good job on WWE's part for finding the right place because that crowd was acted like they wanted to be there for sure. So. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, first up this week, uh, to to note is that not only Raw but SmackDown tomorrow the first hour is commercial free so that's that's sort of their present to you which uh, trust me was kind of nice <laughs> to not have to sit through uh, about thirty minutes of commercials that you usually get in the first hour uh, so they open with John Cena who was the sort of special you know the big thing they'd been hyping up for about a month now he's here he's giving away new shirts because he's got a new one. Uh, he doesn't really get to say a whole lot before the drifter comes out, interrupts him, who says that, uh, you know, he's tired of being the one interrupted, so he's going to start interrupting people. And uh, we learn, of course, that Gary, now that WWE does not stand for World Wrestling Entertainment or is just WWE anymore. It now stands for Walk with Elias. And, uh, I, you know, don't you love it when your gimmick happens to match up with the company name? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that that's a really, honestly, a, a great deal for him because he can make the T-shirts. He can mm-hmm. play off that. I, I, I'm, it's really something I've never thought about, to be honest with you. I thought that was pretty creative because I just never put that into play. So uh, it's it's funny that they can use it. It's a little silly, but I think it's right on cue and what he's doing. And he mm-hmm. can kind of say, this is all about me. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, of course, it wouldn't be an Elias segment without him getting a chance to sing. And he uh, basically just bags on Chicago the whole time, which gets him a ton of heat. Cena tries to get him to play nice, and when it looks like he's about to, uh, he turns around and decides to uh, lay John Cena out and then runs down Cena and Christmas and basically doing everything he can to get the whole building to boo him, which leads into a match between the two. Which, naturally, John Cena wins, but Elias gets in a whole lot here in their little 15-minute affair. Uh, honestly, not a bad way to start off the show. Uh, Cena, more than given Elias his fair share, I think Elias sort of continues to grow before our eyes here on the main roster. He really is, and it does speak volumes that they are putting up here uh, with John Cena yeah. and kind of, you know... Having that mixture and having them feed off each other is a really good deal for Elias, for sure. I, I will say, this match itself really, you know, started out a little slow for me. Just, you know, I just kind of got through its little paces here and there. It really started to pick up some speed and pick up some action and really kind of get me interested in what they were doing. And it became more about a back and forth, more about them just really showcasing that Elias is a serious competitor in this company. And he's not just a gimmick. He's not just one of those guys in the back that say what they are really not. And he actually has something to kind of back it up. And he's a talented guy for its worth. So really enjoyed it, actually, at the end here. I, I 
wasn't going to, and I didn't really at first want to. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, though, I'll be honest with you, Paul, very entertained. I thought they did a good job. And I, I really felt like Elias got a pretty good rub here uh, off John Cena, even though he did lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole purpose of this was to have all those gushy feelings about John Cena and having him win to save the day. Yeah, you know, same stuff. But, uh, you know, when, when you start the show out by John Cena coming down that ramp, and then saying that, hey, he's got a present for someone, you, you know it's going to be about a kid with a special mm-hmm. needs or having an issue. And he did that. So it had to have him be the winner here. So I, I'm okay with all that. I think both guys come out looking good, feeling pretty strong. I, I think especially for the fact that you know no commercials and all that kind of stuff really helped us too. I agree with you entirely on that. It's It's just – so much easier to watch a wrestling match without having to get interrupted from a message from K Jewelers or something like that. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Uh, so we turn to the main story for Raw this evening, which of course continues to be the ongoing saga between what is left of the Shield, Samoa Joe, the Bar, and now Jason Jordan. Uh, so we, we start with Kurt Angle is, uh, decorating a tree in his office. You have Jason Jordan show up because, you know, it's nice to be with your family on holidays, real or made up. And this brings Seth Rollins into the room who wants a shot at Joe for hurting Dean. And this turns into him arguing with Jason again over who's going to fight Joe. And eventually Angle says, you know what, before you guys worry about Joe, you should really worry about the bar. So tonight you two will take on the bar for the tag team titles. And then shortly after that, you have Roman Reigns show up, and Angle also books him to take on Samoa Joe with the Intercontinental Championship on the line, uh, which sort of already had me thinking that maybe we were going to title change it before the end of the year, Uh, but we will, of course, get to that later on. you have any thoughts on these promos before we get there, Gary? Yes, uh, I think they did a good job setting up this show and everything here. I I mean, especially what they're telling in, in the storyline actually fits everything that they put into this package. So I, I'm actually pretty happy with it. When they first did it, I was just kind of thinking a little dead weight to the show, really didn't have a lot invested. But for what we get later, I actually look back and think this is good stuff. It's valuable. It, it actually means something. Uh, and I do like the idea of having a intercontinental title match for Roman in this show too. I, I think it's a, it, it says something for you know Kurt to to make it and not just a match with Samoa Joe, but an intercontinental title match for mm-hmm. Samoa Joe. Uh, so that ramped things up. I, I I thought it was good. I I don't think it was amazing. I thought it was good. So really happy with that. I, I, did you feel like it was you know fairly strong? Did you kind of I don't know what? How did you feel? You know, I I thought the stronger part of Jason Jordan sort of showed up later on, uh, but but I kind of enjoyed this right because we're still they've clearly had to change their tune on Jason Jordan very quickly because obviously uh, it comes out later in the show that Dean Ambrose's elbow injury is going to keep him out approximately nine months, which makes me think his entire elbow practically exploded. But uh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty big blow, I think, not only for Raw, but obviously for the WWE and and having Dean positioned in the Shield, and there were a lot of rumors going around that maybe it was going to be his turn to break him up this time uh, and go heel, and that's sort of you know all getting thrown on the back burner now. But as far as all this went between Jordan and Rollins, I thought it was fine. You know, I mean, it's it's 
it's been a interesting story of how Jason Jordan is sort of being plugged in and Dean getting hurt is kind of, I, I mean, it obviously sucks for, for Dean and the fans and, and the business in general, but Jason Jordan, you know, he kind of gets to capitalize on, on a, on an injury. And that's sort of how it works in wrestling, you know, next man up. Yeah. That's the way they do it. And this is, you know, just the way it goes in any kind of sport, not just mm-hmm. wrestling, but every, every sport out there. So, uh, you know, like you said, lots of interesting things to, to kind of throw in here. Um, but I, I think, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm kind of sign of relief uh, on the whole Ambrose turning heel. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm liking him heel uh, or face, but I just don't know if I want to see the, the whole shield thing happen twice the way that you know seth rollins broke up with the group mm-hmm. i i just kind of wish they would dissolve until they need to come back either that they turn heel or face just dissolve and then when you need to come back together again do it so that's just that'd be cool too it's just I, I don't think wwe thinks like that honestly no, no yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right they don't they don't but you know common sense isn't always in their wheelhouse mm-hmm. so that's very true uh, and really, one quickly, uh, one quick thing right here, I want to throw in there, and I didn't mention this in the opening segment of Raw. Um, I, I know it's Chicago, but man, I really thought we were past the CM Punk chance, Paul. I, I really thought we were. It's the new what, Gary? Oh God! <laughs> I was hoping the I was hoping the yes chance were the new what? I, I really don't need the CM Punk chance to stick around. I think it's a little bit of bitterness on my part though, because of the way CM Punk acts about the company and all, and just about wrestling in general. So I don't know. That's that's probably a little bitterness coming out there. You know, I I, I have a little bit of a give and take thing because I mean, one, I think it just shows sort of what CM Punk. You know, the effect he had on the at least WWE, but certainly the business at large. And two, you know, I mean, a lot of people started doing it when they were bored with what they were watching, you know, and they'd rather see CM Punk, which, you know, I, I would too. But I think it's it's also sort of become a sign of like, hey, we're bored. Uh, whereas this time they were sort of uh, goaded into doing it. So and, and that's just Elias trying to get heat. So I, I didn't really have a problem with it this go around. No, oh, I get you. Uh, it, I don't know. It just kind of was one of those things that kind of like, oh boy, really? Come on, <laughs> let's just. But hey, it's, it is what it is. Like you said, it'll probably be on for another ten to fifteen years, and yeah. I'll be saying this later on. So until he we shows can. up again, if that ever happens. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, sticking to that whole story, uh, Samoa Joe gets an interview later on in the evening. Who has no sympathy for what he did last week, Gary? And this is the kind of Samoa Joe I like because he right, he like. He tells you he's systematically taking everybody down. Tonight he's going to finish it. He's going to walk out the icy champ. I tell you what, if Braun Strowman isn't on screen, Samoa Joe's the baddest man in the room. And that's just how it works, and I love it. Oh, I, I, you're right, and I love every minute of it too. I, this is something that, it, to, it, to me, really helps Raw. To, mm-hmm. to me, it really helps just the brand in general because – Let's be honest. We just mentioned injuries. There's not always going to be, you know, these tough guys on every single week together. Sometimes you've got to have one or the other. And not only that, there's so many storylines that you want to get out there. Mm-hmm. And I got to have guys with a strong personality with lots of power, lots of, I'll be honest with you, lots of charisma that Joe has. Joe mm-hmm. is very charismatic. He, he, when Joe walks in the room, you feel his presence. Right. And 
when he opens his mouth, it, it becomes even more apparent. But he don't even speak if he didn't want to. That's what I love about Samoa Joe. And you're right. Besides Braun Strowman, this guy is one of those guys I wouldn't want to mess with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, later on in the evening, uh, Seamus and Cesaro also uh, indulge themselves with a little bit of gift giving as Seamus gives Cesaro a Dean Ambrose, uh, excuse me, a Dean Ambrose action figure, but he's missing an arm. Uh, which immediately had me going into hysterics. <laughs> Cesaro gives Sheamus a, a Seth Rollins action figure and says they're going to break it later, just like they will with the real thing tonight, and then gives him a Jason Jordan action figure, but Sheamus doesn't want it, and so Cesaro says, that's okay, Seth Rollins and uh, Kurt Angle don't want him either, which just absolutely slayed me. And then, of course, they have a big hug and, and exit the scene, and, you know, I don't always enjoy the holiday gimmicks on Raw, this worked for me, just 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was greatness. I'll be yeah. honest with you. There was uh, just the, that fun factor, but also just the little keep, just the little jabs yeah. at those guys. I, I just thought it was priceless. So w- one of the better highlights for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get to hear from Roman Reigns, which is sort of just typical Roman. He's going to break Joe for, for hurting Ambrose, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which, of course, leads us right into the title match. Uh, Samoa Joe ends up winning here by disqualification as Roman ends up sort of just uh, basically taking things too far by shoving the ref out of the way so he can keep beating up Samoa Joe. Reigns keeps on attacking in the post-match, uh, gets the chair or gets the steel steps and ends up hitting Joe with them and then gets a chair. However, Joe manages to escape before uh, taking any more danger and you know what, Gary? It, it kind of feels like we might be having these two in the Intercontinental title match come Royal Rumble time, which might take two big pieces off of the table as far as that match goes. And is it such a bad thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do you really need to see either guy in the Rumble? Do you feel like either guy really needs to be there? I don't. You know, uh, I don't know if you need Roman in there. I like Joe in there, but obviously if you're going to have Braun, you don't want to have too many big guys in there and have them start overshadowing each other, and then you have to worry about trying to keep too many people strong in that match, uh, which, don't get me wrong, WWE has done well in the past, but you know there, you have Joe and Braun, obviously, on this side, and then on the flip side, I'm sure you're going to have Baron Corbin in there, who they like to keep making sure he looks strong as well, and... You know, mm-hmm. you have to start worrying about too many guys that way. I, I don't have a problem with it. I was just it, making a, a notation here that it sort of feels like we might be getting, like, some sort of street fight or, uh, you know, I would love a submission match, too. I think that'd be great as well. Yeah. No, it's a great notation. I'm glad you brought it up. I just, uh, I really, in my personal opinion, I feel like these guys have their own credible way of getting to the title. So, mm-hmm. really, they don't need the Royal Rumble, which, hey, it'd be a great fast track to the WrestleMania main eventing. Uh, I think a lot of us know that's not the storyline we're looking at when it comes to WrestleMania anyway, most likely. Uh, you know, unless it was Roman, which, hey, it's, you know, usually almost a given Roman's going to get that opportunity. But if that's the case where we have him not involved, I, I think a lot more people will be stoked about that Universal title match and really excited about seeing what happens. Or if it goes to SmackDown, the WWE Championship match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what's really cool here. And I, I think that could lean us to where we're doing the predictions uh, coming up here for Royal Rumble in the near future. Uh, we'll probably be talking more about SmackDown superstars possibly winning because it makes me lean towards something else. But anyway, you're right. I think that this is cool. 
I, I really want to see these two guys go at it full blast and just really have a great match. They did a good job here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they work well together. I think both guys look strong. I, I'm never going to be a giant fan of, you know, Samoa Joe getting thrown around, getting beat up. It doesn't always just feel right to me. Mm-hmm. But then again, I get it. It's Roman Reigns. He's supposed to be this imposing factor. I get why they did it, but it just I'm just never makes me really walk away happy watching Samoa Joe kind of in a way to me feels like getting punked out. You know, this has been a feud largely dominated by by Joe in the bar really since the Miz exited the scene and he had Joe step in. So I can't say I was too surprised because I mean eventually Roman had to battle back here, but. Uh, you know, it sort of it, it heats the the angle up a little bit, which which I appreciate. As if you know, it doesn't really need much more after working an Ambrose injury into all this. But you know, I'm excited to see where they go as this keeps on going. Which you know, I've only think I've said once or twice about a Roman Reigns single feud. So I'm kind of excited for that too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It kind of feels weird saying it, but hey, you said it. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and you're right about that. You know, Joe has had a lot of successes against Roman, and even you know, uh, you know anybody else that faces him, the Shield, of course. I think this is okay. I don't think they made the wrong decision, but you know, I just I'm a Samoa Joe fan, so I'm never going to walk exactly. away happy. Yeah, you know. Uh, we cut backstage. We uh, Seth was watching all that go down on a TV screen. Uh, he ends up meeting with Jordan and uh, sort of talking about the situation that they're in now because you know Jordan uh, says they're teaming up, or Seth says they're teaming up strictly because he owes Kurt and he just simply wants revenge for Dean. He doesn't really care how he gets it anymore. And Rollins then tells Jordan, you know, the same thing Kurt's been telling him. Uh, hanging around the top isn't enough. You have to strive and succeed. Jordan's like, you know what? I, I think I'm a pretty good replacement for Dean, and I'm willing to go show you. And Rollins says, you're never going to be Dean Ambrose to me. And Jordan says, you know what? That's fine. I'll be better. So a, a complete 180 going into the main event match here from Jason Jordan, who has sort of been acting heelish. And it feels like they kind of change it up here a little bit in that promo and in the match here where Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan are your new... Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, Jordan ends up hitting a pop-up neckbreaker on Cesaro to take him out and do the title change. So, you know, J- Jordan sort of putting his money where his mouth is and, and all that great stuff. And, you know, now you have a bit of a spotlight and a bigger platform for this Jason Jordan angle that you're going with if he's still turning heel. If he's not, you know, then then just seeing how he's going to try to cooperate with Seth and, and, and all that should be interesting, too. Uh, definitely, and I'm right there with you when you make the comment about Jason Jordan. I, I'm not saying all of a sudden overnight I'm loving the guy, and I think <laughs> this is no. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I do appreciate that if they want to go the route that they want to go, whereas it's not this guy being a heel, full fledged, or it being natural. They're trying to change the verbiage, the attitude, trying to make some changes so that they can get what they want out of this, and that's Jason Jordan. Being a babyface or getting some love from the fans based on, hey, you know, this guy is going to act like Kurt. He's going to be more on the up and up and not on the you know whiny side. Things like that. I'm glad this didn't end up that way. It makes you feel a little bit better about Jason Jordan. It's still not perfect. I'm still not just in love with this guy's promos or anything. But I, I do appreciate that they did kind of tweak it. 
work on it. it makes me feel better about the whole thing uh you know the the bar has been uh, just a really really good solid tag team they mm-hmm. really really have uh once again in this match you see it you see the way that they're do really great work with Seth Rollins. I think Jason Jordan did a good job here too. A little bit of a surprise for me uh, to see this go down for mm-hmm. Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins grab those titles away from the bar. I don't know if I have a problem with it. It's going to be weird. That's what I'll say. I, it's very weird to see Seth Rollins be tag teamed up with Jason Jordan and then now holding gold. It just doesn't feel right. But then again, I'm loving the ideas and the storylines that'll be thrown at us in the near future because of this and the mixed match team we have here. I think it's actually going to be very entertaining and it could lead to some other big things. That's what kind of excites me about this. I don't think the storyline really is going to revolve about, around the tag titles themselves. It's more about this, just about this team. It's going to be interesting. Exactly. And that's, uh, you know, we've seen, once again, this is another thing that WWE has done usually pretty well in the past, and that's the tag team partners at odds who suddenly win the tag team titles. And sometimes it's it's very much a crutch for, like, a title feud uh, for the main belt. Other times, like, uh, like Bret Hart, Owen Hart, or... Um, I had another example on my mind. I've already forgotten it. That's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> there are other occasions in the past where they have done this and it's worked out well. I and I think this could be one of them just because, you know, you had a Jason Jordan who was very different a week ago and now sort of turned about face. And, and now you're you're trying to figure out where he is and you know sort of where Seth is. And obviously you still have this huge feud going on with all these other guys. So t- watching all the pieces try to fall into place in the wake of the Ambrose injury honestly might be pretty you know make this this whole story even more compelling than it already was yeah i think so and it's one of those that i think that they will have some things shake down to where we start to see the true path of each guy and maybe kind of see some other things fall into place to where we're looking at a completely different picture later on Mm -hmm. but with a more fluid route to that picture I think if you would have still had some things involving maybe Ambrose and Rollins and then you try to find a way to get the, I think things may not work out the way I don't know. I, I just don't think that they're going to work out the way I might want. But I think for some reason, somehow, and I hate to say it, but based on the Ambrose injury, this could be, I think, maybe even more intriguing mm-hmm. now. And I hate to say that. You know, I, I hate to say it based on the serious injury that Ambrose has. But, I mean, like, you know, I think we both agree. Like you said, intriguing is the right term because I think it's going to be something we're going to grasp onto and want to come back for more. <laughs> uh, you know, so. Yeah, you just you have to figure out how they're going to work their way out of the hole, which which is honestly some of the best part of watching wrestling is, is how they try to fix it in an injury situation. So. <laughs> well, Gary, uh, before we get to the rest of this good show, let's go ahead and wade through the sea of squash presents we were given oh, on this Christmas yeah. because we were given a lot of them. <laughs> Lots of gifts of of uh, filler gifts, yes. I guess. <laughs> uh, Kane squashes he's Slater in about two minutes, and then he gets to beat up on poor Rhino afterwards to keep himself looking strong going into that Rumble title match. Uh, Kurt Hawkins comes out and says that he's had a pretty bad 2017 since he has yet to win a match this year. Uh, this he makes an open challenge, which brings out Finn Balor, who squashes him in about a minute and a half. 
and uh, you also have some fun antics with um, Axel and Dallas throughout the evening as they're singing Christmas carols, but they're substituting the Miz in for a lot of stuff. They're giving away movies that have uh, the Miz in them to people. <laughs> it's it's actually a pretty fun time, but they end up uh, getting served up to Braun Strowman in a special secret Santa match, uh, and Braun puts the cherry on top by murdering them after the match as well. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Any, that... <laughs> any thoughts on the Squash City we got here? <laughs> yeah. uh, starting with Braum, I think, you know, that that was, you know, everything that if you love Braum, you want to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there you go for those fans that just love him to death. Uh, you know, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, uh, you know, they did a great job tonight mm-hmm. entertaining you with the Christmas carols and the interactions backstage. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I really did. Um, so I, I love the Mismas. You know, yes. I should have opened the show with that. <laughs> Happy Mismas or Merry Mismas, whatever. But I, I think that was great. I, I just think that their their interactions with everybody backstage it was it was really really entertaining. So I'm really giving them props for that. Uh, Finn Balor, uh, insert golf clap. <laughs> I, I I love Finn Balor. I love everything. But this is just the journey he's on. He's going to squash people so he can look good. Mm-hmm. And, the guy looks good already. Underwear model and all. So. <laughs> um, Special and red course, trunks tonight for the holidays, oh, by the way, folks. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> out there classy and, and ready for the holiday. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know, I think the uh, – what was the other squash? I'm, oh, uh, what was it? Kane Killen, he's Slater. Kane Killen, thank you, thank you. Okay, so that one was really uh, interesting, but here, here's why. It's not because of Kane, because trust me, I've not been a big Kane fan lately. Um, but I will say, Kane fits here. I mm-hmm. think it, it's a great competitor for Heath Slater. I love the storyline of it's all about toughening up Heath Slater. The, 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 it's just, this is a perfect, it's right up his alley. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I love Rhino and him working this thing out. I love Rhino backing him up. I, I, you know, it's good. And, and maybe those guys go Splitsville because Heath Slater feels like he's getting picked on by Rhino. Or maybe this does toughen up Heath Slater and he gets a little bit more angry and becomes a, a just this strange, angry heel. Um Maybe not the biggest guy, but a dirty player. Maybe we see that later on in the career. I don't know. What doesn't make me happy is seeing Rhino get taken down. I, I wish Kane would have just ignored Rhino and got out of the ring. I didn't need to see Rhino take the chokeslam. I, I don't know. I just like the idea, Paul, of having Rhino be the tough guy mm-hmm. and the one standing tall this entire time. Because it's kind of hard for Heath Slater to sit there and say, you threw me into the lion's den if – Rhino's right alongside with him. Yeah, it's sort of a, a catch-22 to me, right? Because if Rhino isn't in there backing him up, then you're already thinking, oh, man, this isn't working out already. Or if if you don't and Kane backs down from him, suddenly Kane doesn't really look like he fits in the picture of Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. Like, like you know, we already know he doesn't already. But... As far as booking goes and all that, he kind of does just by how sort of, you know, quote-unquote strong he has looked by all the people he's been beating up. So, you know, it it, it makes sense booking-wise. I, I kind of am with you. I kind of would like to see Rhino sort of backing people down. But, you know, he's he's an old dude. You know, maybe maybe 
he's not as tough as he thinks he is. I mean, that could be a fun round. Oh. That's true. That that could be uh, you know another part of the story. I, you know, I I don't even want really Kane backing down. I just want him to shoo off. Like, Rhino, you're not worth my time. Like, mm-hmm. I could beat you in a few seconds. Don't even think about you know trying to come after me and just walk off but yeah i I get your point too and you know you're just more of the logical sense especially when it comes to booking um but you know in my brain i want rhino to stand tall so the storyline that i'm doing the fan fiction that i'm putting out there (laughs) is that rhino is the tough guy already so (laughs) uh fan fiction to be sold everywhere soon folks uh don't worry Just don't get to page seventy three. Gets a little dirty, so. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah. Let's, Different uh, score. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's just turn to the cruiserweights now, uh, if we can, without having to do into page seventy three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hideo Tommy takes on Brian Kendrick here in a short little four minute affair. This was kind of nice. Kendrick gets his stuff in. Atami gets his stuff in. Atami wins uh, with a pretty nice-looking GTS. I, you know, I dig Atami. I don't know if the Cruiserweights is maybe the best place for him, but he certainly has gotten an opportunity to at least shine on Raw, and I am grateful for that. Yeah, I think the same thing. You know, Hideo Atami had a struggle in NXT, and it's not because he likes talent. It's because he liked health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's been a major problem for, I think, fans of NXT because they really just kind of got tired of seeing the guy come and go, come and go. And it was always long stints. And I think this is a fresh new situation for him. I don't know. I'm right there with you on him with the 205 guys. I just don't know because uh, he is as brilliant as the guy is and as many powerful kicks as he gives you. He just doesn't seem to fit the bill of those guys flying around. He just doesn't. Um, it's almost like you know throwing to you know when they had Tajiri in their cruiserweight classic. I, I thought it was fun. It was great to have him back, but did he really fit alongside a lot of those other guys? Not exactly. Not. I don't know. Sure, he he missed the weight the weight limit and all that stuff, but just to me does not fit the Mustafa Ali kind of route. Um, so it is what it is. I, I just I'm got to be happy for Hideo Itami right now. I, I still worry for his future, but for right now he's looking good. And I think Brian Kendrick is is definitely the kind of guy that you want to have uh, wrestle somebody if you want them to look good. <laughs> exactly. You know, for me, for WWE at least, whenever they book a lighter weighted division, light heavyweights, cruiserweights, whatever you want to call them. It's never really about flippies and all that like it has been in WCW is a great example, which very much focused on a lot of luchadors and sort of bringing that style over to the U.S. on a bigger platform than what it already had done, even though it had been done in a zillions of places without national television. For me, WWE always looks at different styles, and if you fit the weight, that's where you go, and that's what you do. And and, and I don't know if we need to really look any further than sort of the street fight here. Uh, as we go, we have a Miracle on 34th Street street fight uh, with the Zoe train of Enzo, Arya Davari, and Drew Gulak taking on Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, and Akira Tozawa. And already, you have about four different styles in this match. Obviously... Mustafa and Cedric like to fly around. 
Davari kind of does too, but he sort of works more of a heelish brawler style. Gulak obviously likes to stretch you, and Enzo uh, flops around the ring. So that's, you know, if that's a style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Tozawa in there, who who can certainly fly, but he, he likes to strike a lot too. And that's sort of where Atami fits into this, is he is a very hard striker. Um, obviously his kicks and, and all that are very famous, as Daniel Bryan has said on multiple occasions, that he is the person who has kicked him the hardest throughout his career. Uh, so, you know, th- there, there's all that going for you too. And that's just, I think that's just right. You fit the, you fit the weight bill and WWE, you get thrown in, in the cruiserweights and that's sort of how it is. And whatever your style is, we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's not bad to have those different styles, and I understand that. And I think, you know, I mean, Hideo Tommy has a place. But I don't know. There's, uh, there's something about him that I just don't know that I just really love in 205 Live mm-hmm. or the Cruiserweight division. I just, I don't know. I, I I totally understand the reason they do it because they're thinking to themselves, unless we want him to be a serious mid-carter, we've got to put him in a place that we can make him successful now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the Cruiserweights. And, I mean, it's... It's fine, and at least he gets a chance to be on Raw, and at least he gets a chance to, to you know, ha- have some good matches with some guys that are super talented. I just kind of really wish that he would have that opportunity just to show up on Raw, have some matches, and then later if he wanted to convert over. But it's just, it kind of, you know, I don't know. I-, I thought that they wanted him to be a bigger deal. I-, I definitely agree with you. I think they wanted him to be a bigger deal, but as you mentioned already, he lacked... Um... He lacked some health once he got over stateside, as everything sort of seemed to catch up with him. So, I uh, if he hadn't gotten injured, we might be telling a very different story right now. Mm-hmm. We'll never know, though, because uh, this is sort of where he's at after two shoulder injuries. And you know, uh, as as far as this miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight goes, too, uh, I you know this this was overall very fine. It's your typical fitting in the holiday stuff in a match. Uh, you have the faces win here with with Cedric ending up uh, pinning Davari after a lumbar check. Uh, you have Enzo doing his usual stuff in the pre-match, and we'll talk about his post-match stuff here in a second too. But I, you know, this was what it was. I, I, I really, if Hideo flies in the cruiserweights, even though we have yet to see anybody make the transition upwards, we've only seen them move downwards. I'd like to think Hideo is is in line to at least be thought of as moving up to a heavyweight. Yeah, and right there with you, I would love to see that if if down the line he's able to you know really prove himself to stay healthy. So, mm-hmm. and let's just hope for bigger uh, and better matches with Hideo Tommy. Let's also hope for greater health. <laughs> exactly. You have any thoughts on the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight before we? Oh, move on? Uh, yeah, I am so sorry. I kind of just skipped right over that match. I, I think it, I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you're right. It is what it is, and these matches are kind of made just for fun, and that's what this one was. And Cedric Alexander winning. Oh, big surprise! Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it, it did its job. It got Cedric Alexander the victory. There you go. There you go. Uh, we cut backstage after this match. Enzo is sort of sad. However, he runs into Nia Jax, who has done something to her hair, which I still don't know what, but it's bright pink and bright blue and really sort of, I guess, draws your eyes to it very quickly. I don't know. It's It, it threw me off pretty bad. 
Uh, but they're standing under mistletoe, and they sort of tease kissing before Alexa shows up and interrupts them and has to drag Nia off to talk about the upcoming Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, so, I... Uh, this was a segment, and Enzo sort of "Merry Christmas to you too, Alexa." was was pretty funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you you know what the the term that is used when someone does that, right? Ah, uh, yes, the old C block. Yeah. yeah so, uh, <laughs> man, you, you just don't want that on your conscience, Alexa. I'm just being honest with you. Don't don't put that on yourself, and don't get that nickname. So. I was kind of disappointed. I really thought we were going to get that special moment here. You know, I was getting ready to, you know, on my phone, play the Titanic music. And I had to cut it short. So uh, maybe next time their heart will go on. Uh, but for this episode, yes, we have to wait a little bit longer before we get that special magic between Enzo and Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we might as well just go ahead and talk about that segment because Alexa comes out later on the show and says that she is giving us the gift of a goddess for Christmas, which I will never say no to. And she sort of reflects on her year, which, uh, in, in sharp contrast to a year we heard about earlier in the evening with Kurt Hawkins, she has been nothing but successful. She started off the Women's SmackDown champion. She's ending as the Raw Women's champion. She's done it all by herself. She's done it without the fans. She doesn't need them. Blah, blah, blah. Heel stuff. Let's talk Women's Royal Rumble. And brings up the announcement who says uh, she dubs it the moment of the year, which I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. But she takes credit for it. She says she's done all the hard work and, and everything that's happening for the women's division is because of how successful she has been. And this brings out Asuka, who is most displeased with this, says that she is entering the Women's Royal Rumble and she is going to win because nobody is ready for Asuka Gary. Bliss looks absolutely terrified at the thought of even having to face Asuka down the road and then eats a head kick. I I mean, Gary, I don't know if men are ready for Asuka, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think at least a third of the roster when it comes to the men are definitely not ready. And then the other, the other two-thirds, uh, they're about 50-50, maybe even less. So... <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, no joke. I mean, Oscar comes out looking very strong here. That's exciting for all of us. We love it. I think it's a great deal. Really happy to see that. Um, and, you know, of course, I, I think great job for someone who has not really had a ton of time learning the English language. I think she's really starting to grasp, uh, you know, her verbiage very clear. Very, you know, you know. Let's be honest. She did not come to the states ready to speak English. Mm -hmm. She just was not ready, and that's fine. I mean, I mean, it's like sending me to Japan. I am not ready to speak Japanese, but unless I train and get ready and practice, uh, it would take me a while. And I I just got to give her those props for Mm -hmm. for how far she's come. So really great, and you know, good job, Uh, and a great visual too. Uh, that kick, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That that's really put the exclamation mark on that promo. Um, and, and you know, it almost made you. You know, when Alex came out, she did a great job. You know, running through all the things and just basically doing everything she usually does. I mean, good mm-hmm. stuff. Really quality promo. Um, but it almost had that moment of feeling like I was Chris Jericho. I was channeling because I was thinking to myself, you know. Now do you know what happens when people interrupt the Enzo train? Now <laughs> do you really want to know what happens when you interrupt Nia Jax and Enzo kissing? Yeah, you get a kick to the head. 
You don't get put on the list. You get kicked in the head. Uh, we'll have to wait for the gift of Jericho until January 4th, unfortunately, Gary. But, I know. Yeah. I am so ready. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes or no, right now, gun to your head, Asuka wins the Royal Rumble. Ooh. Oh, man, that's difficult. Um, oh, that's really difficult because I think, jeez. You know what? Yeah, I'll say yes. I, based based on this, I'll say yes, and that's probably wrong for some other reason. I'll just say yes right now because I think something else that could happen in the Rumble could definitely take heat over that. But Oscar losing the Royal Rumble wouldn't that technically be a loss on her record? You know, I don't know because uh, WWE sort of tends to write their own rules when it comes to the Rumble, uh, seeing as they sort of invented the match. So I I, I don't know. I would think. The only other person sort of in line to win the Rumble, barring a Dark Horse coming out of nowhere, is Paige. And I think Paige is challenging for the title come Rumble time. So, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm I'm willing to lead towards yes, just because I think Asuka going into WrestleMania as a challenger for um, the Raw Women's title, or the SmackDown one, if they're going to do a switch that early or something like that, certainly does bring a lot of interest. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only here locally, but around the world. Yeah, and, and we also have to remember that Carmella still has that briefcase. She do. And so uh, that can also factor into this. I know I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it would be fun to see that happen at WrestleMania and then her basically lose it at the biggest show because Asuka kicks her head off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have just a few things to throw out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the flip side of the women's division earlier on in the show, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Mickey James team up once again to take on Paige, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville in a six-woman t- uh, tag match. And, and this is pretty good. Uh, 11 minutes. I think they told a pretty strong story here of just how much, um, the, I can't believe I'm blanking on their name right now, the heels. Uh, oh, you're talking about Paige, and you're talking about Mandy, uh, and, and of course, uh, Sonya Deville? Absolution is the stable name, right? Absolution, yeah. I'm sorry. I just threw them all the names yeah, out there, but you're right. Absolution. I can remember their name. names when I look at them. I just can't remember the stable name anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it, it's not easy to remember at all times. I, I think it's a great name. It's mm-hmm. just I, I blank on it several times, too. I don't, I don't think we're used to that. I, 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 we've you know only had, what, three or four weeks of it, so... Yeah, and since they've announced the Women's Royal Rumble, their story has very much become backseat sort of stuff, as it's about women coming out of the woodwork now to claim spots and all of that. But th- like I said, this was good. Nice back and forth. Paige ends up getting the win once again with the Rampage on Bailey to get her team the victory. And, I mean, they continue to look strong together, even though it's it's not really about them anymore, I feel like. Yeah, and they have to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I really feel like if they didn't, it would really do them a discredit. It would do this whole feud just a big discredit. So, you know, I'm really happy that at least they come out strong. I I love the idea that no matter what, Absolution gets the upper hand. Yeah, yeah, I, I dig uh, that too. Uh-huh. So, I, I, I just, still, I mean, you have to have the faces looking really strong, but Absolution mm-hmm. getting the upper hand this whole entire time it still makes them feel valuable. I think it's completely the right situation compared to what they got on SmackDown with the Riot Squad. So, I just, I think, you know, it's it's also keeps you coming back one more, like I was talking about earlier, because you still want to see that time when Absolution is going to get egg on their face. 
Exactly, exactly. And we have yet to get to that point. Uh, and we may not see it until sometime next year. So, uh, Last and certainly not least, it's it's probably mine and Gary's favorite part of the show now. Uh, Bray Wyatt gets a promo talking about how Sister Abigail has always hated Christmas. He starts to make his way down to the ring. But here comes Matt Hardy to make the attack. Runs him off to a uh, chance of delete, and uh, Matt then gets some promo time to uh, address Bray in the only way he knows how, and I felt like this went over like gangbusters. Obviously, it's Chicago. They're probably going to be more receptive, but Wilk and Matt, so far, success, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree uh, for the fact that yes, that crowd got it over really big time. <laughs> hey, you, you've got to love the Chicago crowd and their reaction. Um, and I'll say this, you know, I was sitting there watching this and I was thinking, do, do does this really help Matt? Does it really change anything? Is this kind of the same stuff? But I, I'll, I'll say this for a fact, the change up of him being in the ring and not just on the video camera and talking just all these wild tales mm-hmm. matters to me. I've been crying for this. How have I all? I've been, I was about I, to I've bring been, it up. <laughs> yeah, I have been whining about this. I was Jason Jordan on this show about this situation. <laughs> and I just, well, well, I finally got it. And I think they did a good job because I think if you're the casual fan at home and you really don't know anything about Impact Wrestling, and you never saw this before, and this is the first time you've seen this, you're just like, wow, this is odd, <laughs> strange, mm-hmm. but kind of fun. And I think that's what the reaction probably is. The people in the, at their houses have never seen anything but WB television. So that's a really good thing. You want people to think that. You want people to think that you're nuts because they keep coming back to see how nuts you're going to get. Exactly. And this is so much fun. I think that they even – I'll be honest with you. I just love the transformation. We've finally gotten to see him in the get-up, the, you know, the, 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 the dress. Mm-hmm. The hair got wider looks great i i think the presentation everything right here gives us the mat we want to see the, the mm-hmm. woken matt hardy we've all been waiting for i think is finally here and just that presentation now do i like bray wyatt's going down the ramp i don't know but that's what bray wyatt does so. exactly yeah and i mean this is still very much about establishing this new persona for matt and so far, I think they've done a pretty good job. Whether Bray has been the perfect foil or not at this time, I, I'll, I might still argue about just because he wasn't maybe as hot as he should have been when you pulled the trigger on this feud. Uh, but maybe they were hoping for a little Dutch door of both of themselves sort of getting themselves over. But time will tell. We still have a while to go. And I just really hope they don't rush the first match between or for Matt Woke and Matt Hardy's first match. Like I, I really want it to be sort of like a special thing that they build up. So hopefully they do that. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I'll say this, this tonight. And of course, all the video packages before this a show or to me are showing us that they're going to take their time. Mm-hmm. And, and let's just hope that pace stays this slow. Let's, yes. let's hope they don't decide to, you know what, F it, let's just go ahead and do it next week. No, 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 you, you're doing great. Uh, I think this is the right pace we need. This is the best way to introduce Woken Matt Hardy. It really, really is. It, it's just so intelligent. Um, there's not 100 things being thrown at you. You're getting piece by piece by mm-hmm. piece, and that's the way we build a character. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, not really being able to say it better myself, Gary, let's just slap a number on this bad boy. What are you going to give it? it? This is a very... 
I think holiday horrific show uh, because of the fact of all the themes of the, the Christmas and you get a few things here and there that you kind of uh, you feel like it's very throwaway. And then you get some mm-hmm. things that are like, oh, wow, they're, they're actually progressing and using some of this stuff. And it, it means something, especially on a holiday when you would think this whole entire show would just be a throwaway. It's not. Really, they give you some great things. You get title hands, changing hands with the tag titles. Uh, you get what we just talked about, Woken Matt Hardy actually showing up. You, you've got some great things like that, plus Samoa Joe and, you know, what what him and Roman Reigns did was not awful, but it was actually pretty good for a while. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say this, and it sounds weird to say this about a holiday show, but I think it really is around, I think, uh, oh, six and a half. I'm going to give it a six and a half. I don't know if it's completely a seven because there was so much throwaway, but the good things mattered, and I think that they did enough to not make this just a six or a five and a half. I mean, it's like you're reading my mind, Gary. Uh, that's exactly the score I had in mind whenever we sat down to do the show tonight. It was a six and a half. There, there is some fun stuff going on here. You have the unexpected tag title change, which I thought was was very nice and sort of opens up some some possibilities down that way. Uh, Joe and Roman sort of started heating up. You had some fun with the Wyatt uh, Woken Matt Hardy deal. You had your usual Christmas shenanigans, some of it fun, some of it not. You have some squashes that unfortunately really kind of make Hour 2 sort of just feel a little meaningless, but such is life with a three-hour Raw. I enjoyed myself this evening. I'm not gonna lie. I really did. It was it was a very like I said at the top, very pleasant, very chill sort of sit back and watch episode of Raw, and and I dug that for for a Christmas episode. So six and a half. I think you're completely right, Gary. Oh, there you go, people. Well, you know, uh, Paul and I agree on the rating two weeks in a row. The world really is ending. So. <laughs> <laughs> 2017 maybe the last year of your life uh, i'm just kidding uh no i mean seriously uh we'll be back uh next week of course and i think that is that next week new year's paul it is I think new it year's is. eve next week gary wow so there you go day, so I'm sorry yeah new year's day so <laughs> we'll we'll be back next year uh so we hope that you guys uh have really enjoyed our shows in 2017 we're looking forward to more raw reviews in 2018 full of great content really excited about doing them and for all our other shows that we'll be doing uh make sure you go ahead and check out w2mnet.com that's where you can find every single show we do along with some other great shows in the world of wrestling trust me plenty of them you don't want to miss a minute of the action over at the w2mnet.com and also you know if you want to come find everything we have to offer wrestling to the max is a place you go Anywhere you want to find us, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button, rate, and review. That does us favors. It does you favors, and we're all happy. Make sure you go check out other sh- websites like FromWomenia.com and LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Both great sites, great articles, and other content that you don't want to miss out on. And also, we're going to give us some uh, love over to the W2M Network, another place that we're involved in, but we don't always plug it. I try to plug it sometimes here and there. That'll get you every single show and every podcast that we have at W2Mnet.com. So you don't have to just you know sit there and, and think, oh, man, I need to go find that show those guys talked about. It'll be already be in the dock. It'll be right there for you guys to go find it so either way you want to do it just go do it now and tell a friend and you know for the rest of your holiday we hope you have a great one and we will catch you guys over at wrestling of the max catch you guys later merry christmas folks the previous podcast has been an original w2mnet.com production 
For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports. From our family to yours, happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.